Good evening and welcome back to Canon Chatter. Well, what can I say? I don't even know where to start right now. Um, it's all going crazy on Twitter, um, obviously with the news of Newcastle putting in a bid and potentially having a bid accepted uh, for Bruno Gomez um, of Leon. But yeah, so we're definitely going to be covering that at some stage in tonight's show, along with obviously the news that uh, Vlahovic is more or less on, on the verge of, of signing um, for Juventus, as as expected. But first of all, um, I'm going to come to you, Stephen. Stephen, how are you? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Um, do you know what? I, w- I was okay. Um, then I woke up this morning, I was in quite a good mood. Yeah. And as the day went on, the more and more I read on Twitter, the more annoyed I was getting. Yeah. Then I tried to sort of think, right, well, we're going to do a show tonight. I'm going to I'm going to cheer myself up. I'm going to be in a good mood. Then I got annoyed again. Then I cheered myself up again. And now in the last sort of half hour, I've kind of gone, what's going on? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it, it should be an interesting show. I'm just... Um, I'm just trying to organise a, a guest here at the minute. Somebody, I'm just speaking to someone to potentially get someone to come on and have a wee chat transfers with us in a few minutes. Um, but yeah, um, I don't know what to make of it all. I really don't. No, I'm, I'm in shock. Same. Yeah, I'm so, the same. Yeah, how are you? Yeah, I'm the same. Um, I was kind of a bit of a rollercoaster of emotions, to be honest, because... Um, you know what it was? It's it's not that I was, it's not that I was, you know, what can I say? You know, smack on that, you know, Vlahovic was going to sign for Arsenal. It wasn't that. Because um, I even went on the Armoury TV um, a couple of days ago. I think it was last week. And, you know, I was I was asked by Gumza on there, to, you know, what do you give the odds of that transfer? And I said, you know what, probably like 60-40 or 70-30 against us when realistically, you know, from all the reports, we we, we were never even in the running for that. Um, for that player, Vlahovic, you know, he, he had his heart set on Juventus, him and his agent, and, and, and that's that. But nevertheless, I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, he's rubbish and, you know, I'm glad he never signed. I, I was disappointed um, and I've been pretty disappointed, you know, so far this, 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 um, this, well, this year, I've been a little bit down and disappointed with obviously the performances, with the lack of transfer activity. So, yeah, today was a little bit like that, but I kind of got myself out of a hole. I thought, yeah, you know, we're going to do tonight's show. And then, like you said, you know, about half an hour ago, um, the news of Newcastle's bid for Bruno um, somewhat kind of thrown me back into disarray. So, yeah, I'm a bit all, I'm a bit all over the place at the moment. But you know what? We've got a show to do. So um, I'm going to run the intro video. We're going to briefly um, talk about the Burnley game. And we are going to keep it brief tonight because um, obviously the game was a while ago. We're mainly going to talk about generally... The performance as a whole and obviously the reasons why we never came away with three points so um yeah i'm gonna get started see you on the other side guys Good evening, everyone, and welcome back to Canon Chatter TV. Um, we are here tonight. Um, wasn't our usual opening to the show. Wasn't very composed. Wasn't very put together. But we're just kind of um, reacting from what everybody is talking about um, and seeing at the moment happening on Twitter. 
which is obviously the the the, the bid that's rumored to be accepted from Newcastle for Bruno Gramirez. Um, but yeah, tonight, you know, we are here to talk um all things Arsenal. That includes obviously the review of the Burnley game, which took place at the weekend. So we're going to be talking about that very briefly. We're also going to be conversing um about uh, Mikel Arteta's trip um to America to see Stan Kroenke and a potential contract um, being readied for him before the end of the season. And of course, we're going to be talking transfers. We're only six days left until the transfer window ends. But before we do that, we're going to go to the comments because they're firing in already. Um, so we've got here, um, Swarit. Um, hi, hi, Swarit. You know, um, it's been a little while. We, we we interacted and spoke on Twitter. So really, really good to have you back. Um, good evening, Keith. Keith says here, um, Swarit. Hi, Swarit. Is it Swarit? I want to pronounce it right. Um, hey, Swarit, um, how's things, mate? Um, Swarit responds, um, all good here. Keith, good evening, Keith. Hi, guys. Come on, you gutters. Um, this is, his name's Cal, isn't it? Yeah, it's Cal. Yeah, Cal here. Good evening, Cal. Good to see you again. Um, evening all. Evening, Cal. Um, <laughs> Vizzy PhD. Edu going full clown mode. Well, boy, we're going to be talking transfers um, in tonight's show. That's for sure. Keith, uh, when agent don't answer your phone calls, move on, 100%. Uh, and we're going to be discussing that Vlahovic deal tonight because um, I, I somewhat have a bit of a different perspective on it um, in terms of, like, I know a lot of Arsenal fans are like, you know, Arsenal wasted their time for, like, the last three, four weeks. And I have a somewhat of a different perspective. So we'll, we will be discussing Vlahovic very briefly in tonight's show. Um, Nicholas Bentner's <laughs> underpants. Uh, evening, evening to you. Um, Cal, again, we're just not as attractive as we once were. We could use six out of ten second-string strikers if we can't get a ten out of ten one. Um, and lastly, Barry, good evening, Barry. Hi, all. Right, so um, let me just take that last comment off the screen. But last one's just fired in. Mark, good evening, Mark. Bruno G going to Newcastle sums our window up. Well, let's just hope that it's not actually going to happen. Uh, let's just hope it's not going to happen. Um, but yeah, we're going to start basically where we where we plan to start before the madness happened on Twitter. And that was with the weekend's game. Now, obviously, you know, this is not what we all want to discuss. You know, they're pressing matters, but we're going to just briefly kind of sum up the performance. So I'm going to bring this picture up um, on the screen uh, for you, Stephen. Um, now, I can't even tell you at what minute this was, um, but I'm just going to briefly say I didn't watch the game live. I watched the highlights. Um, which were, you know, very minimal in terms of like three or four minutes. And what really struck me was I can't really comment on the performance across 90 minutes in real time. But what struck me is that the vast majority of those highlights were Arsenal chances that we failed to put away. So I thought no no better fitting than to put this image up because I thought this it, this chance was probably one of the the, the, the most, um, you know, easier of the chances that should have been buried during that game. So, you know, at home to Burnley at the weekend, a real chance to cement or further cement a top four spot in this year's Premier League. And we drew nil-nil. Sum up the performance for me. <laughs> Before you take a long, long, long sip on your alcoholic beverage. <laughs> the first thing I want to ask is... Where did you find four minutes of highlights? <laughs> I literally Googled, I literally Googled um, Arsenal versus Burnley. And if you put that in Google, it literally come up with a, it comes up with the Premier League highlights. 
because um, I was going to look at the time, I was going to look at timelines and incidents. And I thought to myself, you know what? I'm just not going to bother because, yeah, for, for, from what I've gathered, it, it was a very kind of, um, yeah, eventless um, 90 minutes. But yeah, yeah, you'll probably be able to give me more of a, more of a perspective. <clears throat> to be fair, um, I kind of missed, I missed the first 20, well, I say I missed, I'm not sure really I did miss anything. Um, but I didn't see the first 25 minutes because um, obviously the boys have rugby training on a, a Sunday from, from 12 to 1, or sorry, from 1 to 2. Yeah. So, um, you know, I got back about 20 minutes after yeah. kickoff. Um, genuinely, it, it was dull, boring, lifeless. I sat here because obviously I had to, um, I had to stream it because it wasn't on any of the sort of TV channels. Yeah. Um, I streamed it on my phone. And usually, obviously, if, if I'm streaming, I'll, I'll be watching it on Twitter or whatever and um, streaming it through the computer. But I couldn't get it to work on the, the computer, so I was streaming it through the phone. And normally, as I say, if I'm on there, I'll be on the phone at the same time. Um, I really was lost because I didn't know what to do while the match was on because it was yeah. that dull. I ended yeah. up picking up my work phone and doing some work stuff during the game. It was just so boring. Um we kept throwing crosses into the box. You know, we, we had one route, which was go down the wings, throw crosses mm. in, and there was no one in the middle. Yeah. You know, absolutely nobody in the middle. And the one time we did have someone in the middle, which was Laka, he, he put it wide, and that kind mm. of summed up the whole performance. Um, yeah. You know, I've seen a lot of people saying, you know, they're suddenly jumping on the Arteta out bandwagon again because um, mm. we haven't had a win, you know, in, in the last five. And oh, you know, this this football doesn't create chances. You know, we're not to, to, we created thirty three chances in that game. Yeah. So the fact that we didn't score a goal, I'm sorry, but it's not on Arteta. It's on the players that are on the pitch. Now, when we get clear cut chances like Lacazette had in that picture, you know, that should be bread and butter for a top quality striker. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think obviously the, everybody's so disappointed about not getting Vlahovic. Um, I'm wondering, are we actually going to get someone who can put the ball in the back of the net? You know, so it's it's tricky. Um, it's difficult. It was just, but it was not a great game to watch. And to yeah. be honest with you, I was kind of glad I've got the full time. The the only thing I kind of thought was, I'm going to have to sit and talk about this at some point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and that was yeah. like. <laughs> how am I going to find things to chat about? And yeah. in some ways, I'm kind of glad so much has happened in terms of transfers and, and other news because it's taken away from the fact that that was a dull game. Um, and th- there really isn't an awful lot to talk about on it. Yeah, um, I, I'm sitting here and I'm trying to remember back to memorable moments. Yeah. No, I'm much. with you. I'm with you. I have to say, though, that the highlights that uh, Sky Sports put together... Um, made it look a lot more interesting than 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 it was then, because they they really did kind of probably jam pack all the exciting parts because it really looked like it was a dominant performance from us. It looked like you know we were creating quite a few chances. It looked like the only reason why we didn't come away with the three points was the fact that you know we couldn't actually you know be clinical in front of goals. So, but yeah, to be honest, um, you know the game's done. It, you know for me. Um, having not watched the game, um, I was at work. I, I was gutted because I was following. I was following the, the scoreline uh, on, on Twitter. 
I was following, you know, whether or not what the chances, what was going on. And it seemed pretty eventless. Um, there wasn't much, you know, going on in terms of on the timeline. At the same time, you know, on reflection, it was a massive, massive missed opportunity. Um, you know, with the likes of obviously Chelsea, you know, Chelsea beating Spurs, you know, you know, obviously Man United getting a late winner um, in their game. It was a real opportunity to kind of, like, don't get me wrong, you know, we're still only two points, you know, from, from fourth spot with a game in hand. At the same time, it would have been a great weekend, you know, to get an extra two points and just kind of further cement our spot, you know, in the mix for that for that fourth spot. So, yeah, very, very disappointing. But look, we'll head to the comments and then we'll move on uh, very briefly because I know there's, there's tons to get through and there's a lot more kind of pressing topics at this present moment that, you know, fans are going to want to get their teeth into. Um, so we've got here Keith. Um, good evening, Keith. Again, not going to the Geordies unless he wants to. Uh, Mark Green saying money talks, I suppose. Um, Cal here. I just wouldn't go to Newcastle given an alternative option in the Prem. Um, we've got Keith. Ref's face says it all, really, <laughs> in that image. Swear it. Um, it was just frustrating to see Arsenal not scoring goals despite of all those chances, max corners and max possession. Um, Cow again, question. Do you guys get in trouble if the show match? Oh, do you guys get in trouble if you show match clips? Yeah, I don't know. We're yeah, doing we it. Copyrighted, isn't it? <clears throat> yeah, we can't do it. Yeah, no problem. Stevens answered that question. Um, Martin, here's Martin, uh, Guns Force Edits. Um, big him up for all the kind of graphics that he puts together for us. Um, cross after cross after cross, but lack of position. He is playing DM. <laughs> no one in the box. And when he gets in the box, he misses a sitter. Um, Jay Gillian, um, never seen a ref with a lack of reaction to time wasting. That is something that was spoken about um, in a lot of the kind of match reaction from fans, um, which I didn't really see myself where I watched the highlights. Um, anything to comment on that one, Stephen? What was that, sorry? This one here about um, the ref's basically reluctance to to basically criticise. Oh, or, yeah, I mean... The Burnley players. Do you know what? It bothers me because you, you see, you know, I've seen... The, you know, our 10 out people, especially saying, you know, look at Sean Dyche. Yeah. You know, the man is anti football. He really is. Oh, nice. I've not yeah. seen that one. Wow. He's, he's just, mm. he's anti football. It, the time yeah. wasting was unbelievable. They were time wasting, I think, for about the sixth or seventh minute, you know, taking yeah. as long as they could possibly get away with to take a, a free kick or a, a goal kick or whatever it should mm. be. Um, it just, that was shocking. Absolutely yeah, shocking. Yeah. I mean, Arsenal, the players were complaining about it. The managers, you know, Arteta was complaining about it. Um, you've seen, you know, everybody up and around the fans. Yeah. You know, you could hear the fans' reaction to the amount of time it was taken. Um, I think Jamie was at the match, actually, as well. You know, so he'd be able to tell you that, you know, the time wasting was crazy. Cool, cool, cool. Thank you for that. Um, Mark Green here. If we don't buy a striker, things will get toxic very quick. Listen, if we don't pull our finger out over the next six or five days, it, it's going to be hella toxic. It really is. Because I think even for the most, you know, rational Arsenal fan like myself or you, Stephen, or, or th those, you know, the guys in the chat that watch our shows, you know, we, we can see what the issues are. We can see the areas of the pitch that need addressing. And we can also see a players that are available and also willing to potentially come to the club. So it's like, yeah, it's it's, it's going to get, it's going to get, um, Pretty toxic, pretty quickly. Um, it's on it's on its way there already, to be honest. Um, swear it here, we better get a striker. God forbid if either of Laka or Enkete gets injured. 
It'll be difficult for Arsenal unless Uber gets another chance. Um, we're going to probably talk a little bit about Uber if we can, um, just because I know I've seen whispers um, and, and, and opinions on Twitter about should he be reintegrated at some stage um, if we if we don't buy a striker, which at the moment is not looking likely. Um, Nicholas Benton is underpants. Here he is again. Diego Costa is currently unavailable. Uh, sorry, available on a free. I think he's actually signed a contract. I don't know if he's signed, but I think he's agreed a deal with a Brazilian yeah, club. Yeah, that's what I thought. I think it's Corinthians. I, I might be wrong, but I've definitely seen some rumors about him having a verbal agreement with a Brazilian club. I think you're right, Stephen. Um, Cal here, Costa must be better than Leno up front. No problem. Right. So the next thing we're going to move on to um, is this gentleman here, um, Mikko Arteta himself. Um, and obviously, you know, I think it was over the weekend. I think it was it was either during the Burnley game or after the Burnley game, or I think it might even have been yesterday. But rumours broke, um, I think, in one of the, the kind of national newspapers that um, Arsenal are considering or readying or there is even a contract renewal on the table for a further two to three years. Now, um, I put this image up because I just thought it was fitting. Um, it was one of those where it's like Arteta's looking at, you know, he's, obviously something's happened and he's gone, you know, like, what is this? I don't really know. And I thought it would just be fitting in terms of what we're discussing here. Now, I'm going to reserve my opinion. I'm going to give you a goal first, seeing as I'm hosting. But what is your general... First of all, when the news broke, just tell me what your gut, natural reaction or instinct was. Forget how you're feeling right now. When the news broke, how did you feel? I thought to myself, is he coming back out of retirement? Because he's not the central midfielder we need to be given contract to right now. Um, genuinely, um, at the time, yeah. my first thought was, I don't get the timing of it. Yeah, you know why? Why they're coming out and saying this now? Um, are they trying to deflect away from from what's going on in the transfer window? Yeah, because um, it's not you know it's not really the time to be talking about it. And even the reports that said is you know they're going to offer him at the end of the season. Yeah. Well, fine. Break the news at the end of the season when he's being offered it. Why, why do we need to know about it now? Um, in terms of whether he deserves it or not, I think I would have reserved judgment until the end of the season as well mm. um, to see how things go. You know, obviously he's got another he's another season left on his deal after the end of this one. Um, we know that. So you know, in, in theory, he's got another twelve months. On top of the you know, the rest of this season, so mm -hmm. I'd like to see, uh, and we've talked about this before. We need to see progression. Yeah, we have to be realistic and say, right, we never came into this season thinking that we were going to win the league. Yeah, For the majority of us, we kind of thought, well, if we could get Europe, yeah, it would be progression. Yeah, we're now getting annoyed because we've got a chance of top four. Yeah, and we potentially could let it slip by not getting the right signings. And then it's, you know, so we keep changing our own goalposts as to what we think is acceptable and yeah. what we think is progression. But for me, the big thing is we have to see the progression and we won't know until the end of the season just how far mm -hmm. we've progressed. Yeah. So for me, I'd have held off until the end of the season before looking at that. Um, potentially even in the next season. The only thing I can think of is now, are, is there sort of murmurs in the background that maybe other clubs are looking at them? You know, we've heard that before that, you know, potentially City are, are sort of talking about him as the taking over from Pep when he goes and, 
you just don't know. But I think the timing of it's very strange. Um, yeah. It really is in terms of whether he deserves it. As I said, I'd hold judgment till the end of the season. Um, right now, I can see, I can see a change in the culture at the club. Mm-hmm. I can see what he's trying to do. Yeah, you know it. it and I think if you can't see what he's trying to do, I don't think you necessarily. I don't want to say people you don't understand football. It's that's not right. But if you can't see what he's trying to do, I don't think you'll ever see it. Mm. Whether he can achieve what he wants to achieve and what he's trying to do is a different question. Whether yeah. he's got the capabilities mm. of getting there, it, it, it's one of them things we just don't know yet. So as I say, I would have personally left it to the end of the season. Um, yeah. And talked about it then. Yeah, definitely. For me, that that was my my first kind of initial reaction was, you know, why now? You know, it just didn't make any sense. You know, given given the given the you know the way our you know in, in terms of the outcome of the season is is practically on the knife's edge. You know, it can go one of two ways. You know, we could all be sitting here in a couple of months, absolutely you know jubilant because we, we've we've made top four, um, or we could be sitting here saying, you know what, um, I really can't see the progression from last season, given the fact that we finished you know seventh or eighth again. Um, so yeah, the, t- the timing is, is a bit crazy, and I think also given the fact that we are during, we are in the midst of a transfer window when fans are obviously eagerly, you know, anticipating what signings are going to be made are going to be made by the club, um, and also the form of the team as well. You know, I, I know we've 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 discussed this in a couple of our shows, and you know, we tried to put some rationale behind it in terms of who we've been playing, but you know, we have recently been knocked out of two you know cup competitions in the space of two weeks. We've scored one goal. We've had more red cards than goals scored. Um, and and we're, we're not. We, you know, we were in a really good run, you know, December. This year so far, you know, the team's not in a good run. And yes, we have played City once. We've played Liverpool twice. But we've also drawn to, to, to nil-nil to Burnley in a game we should have won. And we've been knocked out by Nottingham Forest in the FA Cup. So, you know, while at the end of last year, everything was pretty positive. It does feel like it's somewhat kind of slipped recently. So the timing of this leak or the timing of this contract renewal, um, if it happens, is a bit strange for me. So I have to agree with you. Um, I still say, regardless of, you know, my 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 expectations, you know, being lifted or me being more optimistic, I still think, you know, Arteta um, and Arsenal finishing top six. And when I say top six, I predicted or I wanted us to finish either fifth or sixth, um, because I, th- I feel like that would, that would, that would in a way show evidence of progression. We've had two seasons back to back of of eighth place finish. So if we were to get back into Europe, for me, finishing between you know between fifth and sixth, that would be what I would expected. Now that's somewhat changed, obviously due to the way that the league seasons panned out. Um, but I'm starting to feel like maybe top four was just a bit too adventurous at this stage. Um, and I'm starting to kind of prepare myself that, you know, this top four finish is probably not going to happen and we probably may well have to settle for a fifth or sixth. Now, at that stage, I'm not sure I would be calling for him to be replaced. But if he doesn't, for me, if he doesn't by the end of the season finish fifth or sixth in the league, for me, he has to go. Because at that point, I'm starting to, I have to question what progression has been made. Because the first season, he wasn't there for the entire of the season. Last season he was, albeit COVID, et cetera, et cetera, but he finished eighth. He's had another full season, a full preseason. If he finishes eighth again, 
given the money he spent, given the time at the club, for me, it would be time to move on. So, yeah, the timing's weird for me. And I think any contract renewal, really and truly, from the owner, should be based on what position he finishes this season. So, yeah, that, that's generally my opinion. We'll go to the comments, because um, I know some of you have got an opinion on, obviously, this this um, contract renewal. So, uh, Martin's saying here, no way should he have been given a new deal until we see how this season pans out uh, and is finished. Matt here saying hello to everyone. Hello, Matt. Uh, Martin again, imagine we give him a new deal and he finishes eighth again, then surely he has to go. And yeah, that that's basically, you know, Matt Martin is agreeing exactly with what we've both said. The timing's a bit weird and it should come at the end of the season once we know where we finish in the league. Um, Keith here, end of season, definitely. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to say your name again because I said it twice, uh, but Nicholas Bentner's underwear i'm gonna say um who would who would want him everton maybe well you know what you just don't know um i have heard rumors like steven said about uh, man city particularly being interested although i do feel like that's a bit far-fetched but you just never know in the world of football um gary good evening gary uh good evening g and steven getting my pre-therapy sessions in before the window closes laugh out loud um cow here yes i agree can't see city thinking he'd manage them Cal again, as Arsenal fans, um, we're here again. Think it's others being poor, not us being good. Why are why we are where we are? And we had a good run, looked like we were moving forwards. Um, Keith here, outside top, he must be gone ASAP. Um, and he's referring to top six. Um, and Cal says Emery did better. Okay. Now, I don't know if you want to... Because um, I know you potentially have uh, a guest lined up. The other things that I wanted to cover was I wanted to cover um, Mikel Arteta's um, trip to the States. Um, and then I wanted to touch upon a little bit of a Bamiyang and then go on to transfers. Are you all right for me to run through that? Yeah, yeah, I keep going with that. No problem, no problem. So, yeah, so obviously the next thing I'm going to bring, uh, you actually brought this to my attention this morning when I was waking up and you said to me, we do definitely need to have a conversation about this. So, obviously, in the picture here, um, it was it was kind of all over Twitter, but I, I hadn't really had a chance to kind of log in and have a look. But um, in this picture, you can see here, um, Mikel Arteta is obviously um, in the presence, um, met up with. We don't really know the circumstances as to why with Stan Kroenke. Who's the gentleman in the middle? Do you know his name? I don't know. It looks a bit like yeah. um, John W. Henry, the owner of Liverpool. Yeah, I don't know. But I don't think I it don't is. Know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so he obviously, you know, on his way to Dubai, you know, stopped off um, to meet up with Stan Kroenke, the owner. Now, he could be there for a host of reasons. Um, what I hope he's there for um, is to be talking transfers um, and, and basically be saying to this geezer, look, you know, this is what we need. We have a real opportunity here to finish top four. Um, this is what we need and this is what's going to get us there. So, you know, I need you to, you know, somewhat free up some funds. Um, what what is your what is your kind of perspective, you know, with this? Obviously, you know, he's on his way to the the kind of you know mid-season break, um, you know, training camp in Dubai. But realistically, what what would you, what do you think they could be meeting about to discuss at this point in the season that they couldn't have just discussed over the phone? Or do you think it's just an opportunist moment that they're in the same area and they thought they're just you know, get together and have a couple of beers. <laughs> no, he has to be there to talk about money. Has to mm. be. Um, unless he's there to talk about his new contract. 
Yeah. You know, that would be the only other thing. But um, you'd think at this point for him, <clears throat> you know, being the sort of manager he is, I don't think his own contract would be first and foremost in his mind this week. You know, I think this week he he's there talking about money. He needs to know, are you going to back us with the money we need to buy the players we need to buy? Um, obviously, we, we've lost out in the Blahovic deal. The rumour mm-hmm. is we're going for Isak. They're trying to potentially want to negotiate a deal for him. But if we can't yeah. negotiate it, you know, can they walk into the league offices on Monday and drop 75 million euro or whatever it is to yeah. take a six release clause? Um, as well as potentially then, you know, having money to spend on a midfielder mm-hmm. and a goalkeeper. You know, um, you just don't know. But I would have to say he's there for money. Mm. I can't see any other reason. The timing of it just doesn't make sense. Yeah. Unless unless if you look at it and you see where where all of um, Stan Kroenke's franchise teams currently are sitting, mm-hmm. um, you know, Rapids are, are number one or finished number one in their section in the MLS. The Avalanche are number one in their group. The Rams are in the um, they're in their divisional playoff final, so they're you know they're one game away from the Super Bowl, um, and they've got a good chance of winning that and getting into the, the Super Bowl, um, where they're going to get beat by my Kansas City Chiefs. But that's not the point. Um, mm. You know, so um, the rest of his teams are doing really well. Yeah. And Arsenal aren't. Now, um, I said this before in terms of the likes of the Rams. You know, he employed a good young coach at the Rams and he has he's backed them with money. And I know you're not a big American football fan. Um, and probably me saying all of this doesn't mean a lot to you. But he's brought, you know, he's given them the money to bring in some big names. And they're seeing the rewards from it he's kept faith with his young coach okay you know the, the coach of the rams is but i think he's the youngest in the league or certainly was the youngest in the league when he got to the super bowl a couple of years back um so you know he, he has he has a history of backing young managers yeah and i think that's you know arteta fits the profile of what stan Kroenke likes to do yes he probably can get away with paying them less and that mm-hmm. probably suits him but he he does back them and, you know, we, we say that, you know, he's owned the club for so long and all that sort of stuff. But at the same time, he's only owned the club for three years outright. Yeah. And as I've said, right before, ownership, yeah. if, if you own part of a company, you're not going to invest your own money making that company more expensive to buy for yourself. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. So, you know, and we're seeing, you know, Albeit he hasn't probably sunk a lot of his own money into the club. I'm not sure the exact finances over the last couple of years. And he probably hasn't sunk much of his own money in. But at the same time, you know, he's not stopping us from spending money. Mm-hmm. He's not taking money out of the club, which is the thing that people say, oh, he's taking our money. He's not he, He's not taking anything out of the club. I think the account show he took, um, it's on the accounts that he's taken two million, I think it is, mm-hmm. but in actual fact, the only one million's accounted for I'm actually taking. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's not taking money out of the club. He may not be investing. And then we, yeah. you know, we've said it before and, you know, not, not buying the merchandise and we, we complain about Adidas and this sort of thing. For a start, most of the Adidas money goes straight to Adidas. For yeah. the kids. They've already paid their, their money. But what they'll be looking at is how much they will pay us in terms of renewing the agreement. 
will be based on how much merchandise they've actually sold and how much they're making back from it themselves. Yeah. Now, we need a big money deal with Adidas to come in because if we're being run as a self-sufficient club, well, that's the money that comes in to pay for the transfers. Yep. So what's actually saying that, oh, we're not going to buy merchandise is counterproductive. Mm. It's not going to get the Cronkies out. It's just going to stop Adidas from spending money. Yeah. You know, because the yeah. Cronkies aren't looking at this as a a way of, you know, adding money to their pockets every month. It, it's a long-term yeah. investment for them. They're, they're not going anywhere. So, yeah, yeah it, it, it's annoying. It's frustrating. Um, in terms of what our Ted is doing there, as I say, it, it's... it's for me, yeah, it's it got to be. Gonna get it's got to be in it. It's got to be like you know. What I mean, he, he's about to go. He's about to go and play poker, and he just needs to know how many chips he's got to play with. You know, it's 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 literally got to be that. You know, it, it can't be anything else. And you just you're just sitting here as an Arsenal fan, hoping that that's exactly the conversation that's been had. Um, but yeah, it's 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 <laughs> we are we are all in this kind of position now where we're absolutely fretting. In terms of what's going to happen, or, or, or more so, what might not happen, and um, we'll head to the comments now um, because they are um, still coming in. Um, so we've got here um, Chris, uh, big up Chris, and um, good evening. But we gave Wenger um, a new deal, and that maybe led to our decline when we could have easily got Klopp at that time. Uh, Matt here, several people think that was Henri now. That was Henry now. Um, I'm not sure what that comment is about but hey um we've got here gary um i don't believe that is john old i think he's referred to john henry um just some old guy um swear it just coming in marshall has completed his switch to Sevilla. okay interesting um marshall would have been an option for us yeah you know what we did discuss marshall um you know quite a, quite a while ago um i think I think it was during this season. I wasn't too keen, but Stephen thought, you know, it might have been something that we could have taken a chance on. Um, but yeah, he's obviously gone to Sevilla um, now until the end of the season. Uh, Rule in the championship. Um, Gary, he was there picking up keys to Stan's car in Dubai. Chris, maybe he's just been invited out there for the game. Go and see the stadium that Arsenal paid for from the profits. Keith here, spend some money. He is worth... Eleven million pounds at least, um, and he said, "Should I well should say eleven billion?" Right. So, um, before we get on to transfers, um, and obviously there is a lot to discuss with regards, obviously the Vlahovic deal falling through, um, our striker search continuing, and also um, the news breaking tonight that Newcastle have had a bid rumored to be accepted, thirty-three and a half million pound bid for Bruno Gomes um, at Lyon. Um, and that's what's literally blowing up Twitter in the timeline before we came on the live. But before we do that, we're going to um, talk about one of our current players who at the moment is somewhat um, alienated or frozen out. Um, and that's Mr. Uh, Abamyang. Um, and also um, a blast from the past that we don't or didn't really want to be reminded um, about, which is uh, Mr. Adebayor. Um, so, yes. Stephen, are we good to go with... Um... Uh, give us a thumbs up if you're ready to go. No yeah. problem. So right. someone has joined us in the Cannon Chatter Arms, um, a friend of the show, someone who hasn't been on for a wee bit since he's become more famous. Um, <laughs> but it's great to have him back in with us. Um, so let's get him on screen. And I'm sure you will all recognize this face. Chris Davison. Chris, how are you? 
I'm very well, thank you, guys. Pleasure to to, to be back on. As you said, Stephen, it's it's been a it's been a while, hasn't it? Uh, I both uh, hope both of you are keeping well, and um, good evening to to all of the the viewers. Very good. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. I'm very well. Um, a lot has happened since since we've last spoken, but um, all, all very good, all very positive, and um, yeah, keeping very busy, especially this time of year and this time of of the transfer window, of course. And um, yeah, l although it may not initially appear uh, that um, you know not much is happening at Arsenal, it, it very much, of course, seems as though movements happening behind the scenes and um, I'm sure you're both intrigued to sort of find out and wait and see what happens over the next couple of days. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I think the last time you were on, you you were just about to start work with Football London. Um, how's that all going? Yeah, it's, it's gone really well, thank you. Um, you know, it's, it's sort of flown by and... Um, it, I suppose. Well, they they say, don't you, when you're having when you're having fun, when you're having a good time, time flies, and it has done over the last six months. I think it will be six months come the first of February that I would have been with Football London. Um, so yeah, it's 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 gone rapidly, but I've enjoyed every moment of it, and um, hopefully there's, there's still a, you know, the, the what happens and where the future goes from here. We'll we'll, we'll have to wait and see, but I'm I'm hoping that um, things can carry on. Uh, with Football London, I've really enjoyed it so far. And um, yeah, we've we've done really well. I think, you know, I work on behalf of the fan brands team at Football London and the fan brands department has sort of become its own department, really. And um, we've got a really, really talented team of people working with us on Arsenal, on Chelsea. Yeah, the two Manchester, the two Manchester clubs, sorry, City and United. Um, so yeah, it's... It's really good, you know. They're all they're all fans of those clubs that they're working on behalf, and you know, it's it's nice to have different voices um, from different backgrounds, from different age groups covering the club that they they have obviously so much love and respect for, and I think that's really important. You know, obviously, whether it's Sky Football London, uh, obviously some of the big newspapers in in the country as well, we're obviously fortunate to have some top class journalists across the board but also you know it's really nice to see that football london have provided us this opportunity to have you know, give fans more of a voice as well because i think that's equally as important obviously without fans football clubs are nothing and you know when you you look at a club like arsenal and just how crucial the fans play a part in it and the the loyalty the passion that uh, the arsenal fans have for, for this football club it's been really, really good to try and implement that into the, the work we do at Football London as well. Um, thank you for all of the, the kind comments. Good evening to everyone. So, um, yeah, um, it, really exciting things happening at the fan brands department at, at Football London. And like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to see where the future goes from here. Great. It's been great. You know, I don't know, I've been sort of watching on and I've kind of left you to and not been hounding you with messages and stuff um, for a while. But I've been watching on it. You know, it's great to see your career progressing. Um, you know, we talked a lot during the summer. I know you were on with us quite a bit on the, the Rumor Mill shows and stuff in the summer. And, you know, we had a good a good relationship. Um, and really pleased to see that, you know, things are coming together for you. Because I know at the time, obviously, you were sort of in and out of things. Um, and waiting for that big opportunity. So I'm so pleased that you've got that now. Um, Thank you. And you're doing well for yourself. You know, it's great to see. 
um, and fair play to you. And who knows, you know, maybe one day you'll invite us on on your show. Um, you never know. You never know. You never. I'd know. love to. Though. I'd love to. That's you know, that's the dream. You know, I think there's there's so many people in it. Obviously, you know, uh, when we've spoken before, you know, getting into the the journalism industry is a passion of mine, is an ambition of mine, and um, of course, replicating some of the work that the industry's most respected people have, have done and the level that they've reached is of course my ultimate goal as well but you know one step at a time I'm still very young and I appreciate that where I am right now I'm very fortunate I'm very lucky and it's um it's a great step in the right direction and as I said you know the what we're building and what we're going to attempt to continue building at Football London with fan brands is um, very unique it's very special and it's it's had a really really good start and that's all thanks to you know, the incredible work that the team has put into it. So, um, you know, appreciate, you know, the kind words, Stephen. Thank you very much. And, um, yeah, the you know, obviously the sky's the limit in terms of this stuff. You know, we, we aim, always aim, aim to be the, the best version that you can be. Um, and, you know, I, I remember saying it before and I, I, I was struggling, you know, Last year, before this this uh, opportunity with Football London come about, I, you know, I in and out of freelance work, there was no consistency there, and there was times that uh, you know I nearly gave up because the, it was very hard industry to get into. It was, uh, opportunities were were very rare, like this. Um, but anyone who, who watches this and, and and tunes in, who are also looking to to get into the journalism industry and has has a passion for reporting on sport, talking about football keep pursuing it okay it may take time um to get where you really want to be but just keep pursuing your, your dreams and your ambitions because I, I can assure you eventually someone will look at you and, and pick up your work and go we could use you you know you've got something so never ever give up i think that's that's been you know the, the key for me and it's something that i've learned over the last 12 months Brilliant, thank you. Well, listen, Chris, I appreciate you. You don't have a massive amount of time, even less time at the minute with this time of year, as you say. Um, so I know we have a couple of other things to talk about. We're, we're going to jump um, the transfers. Now, I'm going to pass back over to G because he's on hosting duties tonight. Um, yeah. And let, let's have a chat about some of the, the transfer gossip that's going around at the minute. Definitely, yeah. No, thank you for that. Um, but yeah, so we were going to talk about, obviously, Aubameyang and um, some of the most recent comments with regards to Adebayo. But if we've got time, we'll kind of track back at the end. Um, but yeah, as we've got you, Chris, you know, welcome. Really good to have you. Um, really good to hear from you again. Um, obviously, you know, the news, you know, breaking kind of last night, um, early hours of the morning was that, um, obviously, Vlahovic you know, decided, um, you know, his his future laid, you know, or, or lied with um, Juventus. I, I think a lot of Arsenal fans around the world um, got pretty invested in this in this potential transfer. Um, I must admit, I was one of them. Um, the, the prospect of having um, a player of his stature at his age and with his ceiling was, was really, really exciting. Now, obviously, you know, that's happened. Um, I'll bring up this image so you kind of got a bit of a... Um, you got the players in front of you, but yeah. So the Vlahovic deal is is, is dead. Um, by all accounts, you know he's going to be signing for Juventus. Everything's pretty much agreed. Um, but yeah, just kind of your views, your opinions on obviously that deal falling through and 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 not materializing for Arsenal. Um, and also, what is your opinion based on some of the other strikers that we've been linked with um, this window and um, that are featured um, in this image? And also your perspective. So it's kind of three questions here. So Vlahovic still potential incomings for another striker and just your general perspective of whether Arsenal 
um, you know, handled the Vlahovic deal in the best way possible? You know, did they did they go for their top target and waste too much time? Or, you know, do you necessarily feel like they've got their plan B, C, D option and they're kind of just, you know, playing a bit more of a shrewd game in this market? Well, I think to begin with, in terms of the, the Vlajevic situation and obviously the outcome, well, you know, the apparent outcome at this time with him going to Juve, I think as you touched on there, you know, it's obviously a big disappointment. Uh, it's hard not to sort of get mixed up with the excitement because we're talking about a very young, talented player who has the potential to go right to the very top in football. You know, he's been breaking records in Italy. Um, I think one set previously by Cristiano Ronaldo. And we obviously, we all know about him. We don't need to to go in depth about him. But um, I I think Arsenal wouldn't have pursued this deal for such a long time this month if they did not believe they had a real chance of getting him. And I think when you look at the situation now compared to what it could be come the summer... I can understand why they they went hard for him because all of a sudden you're going to have many more top clubs around the the world, around Europe, whether that's your Barcelona's, your PSG's, your Real Madrid's, your Manchester City's, more open to a move like this come the summer when clubs are more open to negotiating for their star men. The players are more open to, to joining at the end of the season as well rather than halfway through it. There's lots of different factors that can play into it. So I can understand and appreciate why Arsenal thought, you know what, we need a striker and Dusan Vlajevic is an option out there which really excites us. We know that come the summer, it's going to be a lot more difficult to get this one done. Let's just try. And I think that's mm. what the club have done. Of course, the, the apparent outcome and the reported outcome of him going to Juve, that's disappointing. You know, we'll lose out on a player who I, I mentioned a moment ago has got immense potential, is quite clearly very, very talented. I think the attributes that he carries as well as a player really would would fit it in with with the Premier League. You know, he's 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 quite physical, he's strong, he's good in the air, he's got great technical ability. Um and of course his age, his profile and his potential all matches with what Arsenal and Edu want in terms of their transfer strategy at the club. We saw that in the summer. So of course this development is disappointing. But for me, and I know a lot of Arsenal fans, it'll be easy for them to overlook this. And as we, if we get, well, yeah, it's easy for you to say that. But at the same time, as much as it is disappointing, I think we should take a little bit of um, a little bit of positivity away from this, should I say? Because it, it, it proves that we are aiming to be an ambitious club. We've, we've, we've tried our best to sign him. We've tried our best to push a move for him. But for whatever reason, we just haven't been able to get it over the line. Um, I think it, it says a little bit more about the player as well. He, he's, he's obviously not comfortable moving to the Premier League just yet. Um, he's staying in the Serie A with Juventus. I think if he really wanted to go out there and prove himself, if he's hungry to go out there and prove himself and and to, to move on to, to something new, let's say, then he, he would have chose Arsenal or you know another Premier League club. So... Um, that's what I think on, you know, the initial thoughts of, of him going to Juve and turning down Arsenal. Um, I think the, the second part, and look, you know, you had the, the picture up there um, of Jovic, Dominic Calvert-Lewin, Alexander Isaac as well. Um, I think that the Jovic one, I would only be OK with that if that was a short term deal. Um, and I think when you look at these other options that were on that, that 
those pictures just then all of them scream out to me, you know, sort of long-term options, someone who can come in and really boost the club's chances yeah. of achieving its targets over the next three to four, five years. Whereas Jovic, you know, I think it would be more of a risky move because he's he's not really gone on to prove himself like some of those other names in those in that picture have done. He, he obviously had a great season a few years back in the Bundesliga with Eintracht Frankfurt, scored um, many goals in one season. That enabled him to to have this chance at Real Madrid. They came in for him, but he hasn't been able to live up to the hype. I think if we were unable to get an Alexander Isaac, a Dominic Calvert-Lewin over the line in this window, for example, Luka Jovic is a great short-term option. Maybe we could look to do a deal similar to Martin Odegaard last season when we got him on that, obviously, that six-month loan. Yeah. Mm. But uh, reports have also stated today that Real Madrid aren't looking to, to loan him out. So I think... You know, as I said, I don't think Arsenal would have, you know, pursued Dusan Flavic for this long if they genuinely didn't think they, they were in for an opportunity and in for a good chance of getting him. Now, there's only a few days left and it, it seems as if the outcome of that, that saga is coming to a close now. Arsenal have got to act quickly. They really have. I think you, you, you sort of put it in the question just then, G., Arsenal would have a plan B. Arsenal would have a plan C, for example. They're not that naive and not that stupid. They, you know, that's what they spend in in between. You know, the, the summer and January. This is what they plan on. You know, okay, mm -hmm. it might be yeah. it might be a real case scenario that we actually can't get our, our, our number one target, but we have a number two, we have a number three, and so on. What they've got to evaluate now is. And, and considering, because they wouldn't have had a, as much of an idea a few months back, but they have a very good idea now of, you know, how Arsenal are doing this season, where they are on the table, what they need to just get that, you know, nick that fourth spot come the end of the season. They know what other clubs around them are, are doing as well at this moment in time. Now they need to evaluate whether or not their, their plan B, their plan C, is good enough to help them achieve where they are and uh, or reach where they want to be, sorry, come the end of the season. I think because we're in the winter window and, you know, it can be very easy to go, all right, we can't get him, but we can get him. Let's just snap it up, make the fans happy. Arsenal fans are happy that we got someone rather than no one. But that can do more harm than good. We've seen that in the in, in previous windows. We'll go out and panic by just by someone for the sake of it. Yeah, it, it really doesn't work in our favour. And I think that's the next club, uh, the, the next step for the club. Sorry, I think they'll go and look. Okay, do some Vlajevic as a no goer, but um, you know, can can our alternative our uh, targets help us achieve top four this season? And it's a it's a big decision for Arteta and Eddie to make. Mm. I, I can appreciate some fans scepticism because I'm not saying more often than not because I don't think that's the case but there has been some transfer dealings since Edu and Arteta joined the club which you can question okay such as the, especially those early ones Cedric, Pablo Marie, Willian um, I, you know we've seen instances and scenarios where they have got or have made the wrong calls However, I, I personally think that, and I'm sure you two will agree, because there's obviously that the overall feeling has been very positive around the summer and the summer recruitments. And, you know, we brought in five players, all aged 23 and under. It was a big risk, but I think so far it's paying off. OK, maybe Sambi Lakonga's struggling a little bit at times, but again, he's still young. He's got a lot of development to go through, but 
he's shown glimpses of his talent and potential. And um, I, I was actually encouraged by the summer. I thought it was a, a fresh and it was a new approach. It was needed after deals, you know, like the, the Willian one. Um, pains me just to, to mention his name and look back at <laughs> his, his time in an Arsenal shirt. It really was a, yeah, a yeah. horrendous bit of business. But that's, I, that's what I mean. Things like that should be a learning curve for the football club. So, you know, I'm, I carry more encourage, encouragement surrounding Edu and Arteta's transfer dealings than what I did beforehand, especially, you know, in the earlier stages of, of their time at the football club. So I, I trust, I do trust them to a certain extent to get this right. They've got to get it right. You know, whether it's a new striker There's or no whether choice. it's a new central midfielder, they have got to get it right. I've said, you know, even with the January window approaching, and I was saying last year, this window could make or break our season. It, it, for me, it's as simple as that. With the, the situation we find ourselves, with the position we find ourselves in the table at the moment, with how recent results have gone our way, recent results surrounding some of the other clubs around us as well. If we get a top-class centre-mid and a top-class striker this window, my, my, my optimism levels, and I'm sure the same for everyone, will just instantly you know, receive a massive, massive boost. There's no guarantee that if we, we are to even get, say we get a top centre mid and striker in over the next few days, there's no guarantee that they'll they'll secure us a top four place. But again, it's another step in the right direction. It, it's building on what we were able to do in the summer. And ultimately it does, you know, technically it will give us better chances of securing a top four place this season. Even if we don't, we've got those players here, hopefully for the long term, they're committed and, you know, they... They're excited by what we are trying to, to build at Arsenal and Arteta's project and the, the direction that we're heading in. So, uh, honestly, I can't sit here and tell you what will happen over the next few days because I, I haven't got a clue. I, I really think it could go either way. Um, but it's encouraging to, to learn that Arsenal are actively looking at other targets despite this 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 Flahovic setback. So, I'm, I'm not. I've not lost hope just yet. I, I, I think, especially with um, Arteta flying over to the US to to have a oh, chat yeah, with, with Stan. Yeah. Um, I, I found that rather interesting, or certainly the timing of it interesting. I know there's a break in the Premier League now, um, but Arsenal should be prepping to obviously fly out abroad for a, a warm winter training camp. Um, but Arteta still found time to go out and, and have a chat with Stan, which I find quite interesting. And, you know, to a certain extent, I find that reassuring a little bit because yeah. for me, it, it, tell, it tells me personally, the indication that I get from that is Arteta's gone over there to, to have a chat with Stan about the, the, the next few days of the transfer window, what the club hopes to achieve, maybe how much we're going to need to to spend. Um, and uh, he's gone over there to, to, to ask a, a few favours, I would imagine. Mm. But, um, you know, the fact that he's gone over there, obviously they've had a chat, they've had meetings. I'm sure um, Josh has had a say in this as well. He's been very active in, in the talks uh, alongside Arteta, Edu and Stan. And hopefully they've got a few tricks up their sleeve. I said it last night on Twitter um, where, when uh, the Vlahovic news dropped. And I've been tempted to, to tweet a few things tonight as well in reaction to the Bruno Gomarayas update. Um, I, I, like, I, like I said, I really hope they have a couple, uh, one or two tricks up their sleeve because... You know, that I, it's, I have the same concern as everyone else. Um, mm. You know, if, if we don't get the right players in on the necessary 
um, recruitment done over the next few days. And I, I of course, I, I worry for, for the rest of the season. It's, it's a big window for us. Absolutely. Yeah. So in terms of obviously, um, you know, forget forget the journal, journalist side of things, you know, forget the rumours and all the stuff that's circulating at the moment. But just from an Arsenal fan's perspective, in terms of the strikers, obviously we've missed out on Vlahovic. But in terms of the strikers that we're currently being linked with, forget even Jovic, um, given, you know, it's only really talking about a six-month loan. From the three main other targets that we seem to be linked with um, for several windows now, um, Isak from Sociedad, um, DCL from Everton and Jonathan David from Lille. Just as an Arsenal fan, you know, if you was at Arteta, if you was there, do, or just from a fan's perspective, literally, who are you going for and why? Well, if the owners turn around and told me that money isn't an issue and I have a free pick, I'd probably go for, for Isaac. I think he's a player that's enjoyed... <laughs> he's a, he's a player who's enjoyed rapid growth and progress over the last few few years in particular um and for me he really caught the eye at the euros and i remember his his, his technical ability on the ball he's a tall lanky striker but actually he's got great feet as well he, he can beat his man run through on goal he's got a bit of pace he's obviously got the height for any aerial balls into the box um, and he's a very, very good finisher. I suppose the only concern that I do have around him is he's had a bit of a staggered season, yeah. hasn't scored as, as many as um, I'm sure he would have hoped Four for. Goals he's got this season. Yeah, and I think when you factor that into the reported release clause, which I think is over 60 million, isn't it, or something yep. um, along them lines, then... You know, it's a big gamble. But then again, moving on to Dominic Calvert-Lewin, who could be, you know, uh, available for a similar mm-hmm. price, there's mm-hmm. there's risks. I think I think with any player that Arsenal go for, whether it's a central midfielder, whether it's a striker in this window, in the future, there's always going to be risks. I mean, you know, we're, we're obviously being heavily linked with Artur from Juventus. Yeah. And yeah, that's great. You know, central midfielder, skillful on the ball, Um He's got that sort of Santi Cazorla-esque look about him when he's obviously quite short, um, but he's very composed. He's a great dribbler, picks out a great pass. But um, again, he's, he's struggled at Barcelona. He's struggled at Juventus, despite being really, really good in Brazil, catch, catching the eye and leading many to believe that he was sort of the next big product from South America. Um, so, you know, when you factor those struggles in with the reported 18 month loan deal that Juventus prefer <clears throat> it's a risk you know and there's no guarantee that he'll come in and fix our problems in in in, in the middle of the park so that I, I think in terms of potential and overall quality um and sort of the abilities that he possesses I'd, I'd go with Isaac he's a player that really does intrigue me but um I, I'd be more than happy with Dominic Calvert-Lewin as well and I think you can't really directly compare the two because obviously one's yeah. in the Premier League, one isn't. Different we know that one is, yeah, one's Premier League proven. Again, the injury concerns that he's had this season, you know, leave, leave a bit of a question mark hanging over him. But uh, it's been reported, I think, by quite a few sort of injury specialists that it, sh- you know, the struggles he's had with injury this season shouldn't sort of be anything long term and affect his future moving forward. Um, so, yeah, I think, um, you know, it's good that 
as I mentioned earlier, lots of different names floating about, and it, but it it's common sense, you know, for Arsenal to to have a a long list of yeah. names. And yeah. they, I mean, I don't know why they really call it a short list because it's never really a short list, uh, is it? <laughs> but yeah. um, you know that that we've always got to remember that it doesn't necessarily mean that we're going to just go and snatch up do some Vlavic's, you know, alternative just like that. Mm. It's like I said to you a moment ago, G. You know. This is why the club will now be going, having talks and having meetings, uh, speaking amongst themselves, and you know, evaluating the outcome of Lajevic, and then turning to each other and you know, really having serious thoughts on whether or not the Plan B, the Plan C, is really worth going for this this month. So, I'd I'd also be surprised if if Everton are up for for letting Dominic Calvert Lewin go this month. If I'm mm. being perfectly honest, they're obviously in talks to, to get a new manager in um, halfway through the season as well. They'll be looking to bounce back strongly in the second half of the season and, and finish the campaign strongly. The only thing that's really on, on our side is that um, Everton, of, of course, their struggles are clear for all to see right now. And they, they've been going through a very rough patch um, ever since the season begun. And of course, you you begin to wonder if that, is that going to turn the player's head a little bit? Will that make him more open to a switch halfway through the season? Oh, We've the got that. as well, isn't it? Yes, yes, I've I've seen that he's you know he's he's been um, praising of the Arsenal before, so of course that's another factor that that will go in our favour, of course. So, um, I, I, like I said, it's encouraging, but at the same time, we're we're playing it. We're playing it um, very, very dangerously with, with only a few days left. It's, it's not going to be easy, in my opinion. Yeah, definitely. Thank you for that. Um, obviously, Stephen, um, I'm not going to... Well, I know I know out of those players who, who you would generally go for, but um, I don't know how long we've got you for, Chris. Hopefully, we've got you for a little bit longer. Um, but I'm going to come yeah. to you, Stephen, with regards, obviously... You know, we were all set for doing this show and then about 20 minutes or so before the show happened, the news broke um, and I think sent um, Arsenal Arsenal Twitter into a bit of a meltdown. The news that Newcastle obviously um, have bidded um, £35.5 million pounds or £33.5 million pounds for, for Bruno um, at Lyon. Now, other rumours, not necessarily confirmed, is that the bid has been accepted. Now, I know you're a massive fan of this midfielder. Um, so just kind of give me... Oh, well, I, I know how you were feeling because we were off air at the time, but just give give those watching um, a little insight into how you're feeling and just how you would expect Arsenal to react to this, um, given, obviously, our, our midfield shortcomings that we've got in our squad. Yeah, I mean, it's no secret I'm a fan of him. I was saying, you know, before he even went to Leon, we should have been buying him. You know, we should have been snapping him up two or three years ago. Um, look... The word was that it was going to be hard to get him out of Leon in this window. You know, that was the thing. Um, and, you know, Juventus were apparently interested. We were apparently interested. But it looked like he was going to stay to the end of the season. And it was, he was still a target for Arsenal, but potentially a long-term summer target. Um, the fact now that, you know, Newcastle are coming in and dropping the money. And Newcastle are throwing money about at the minute, just trying to get anybody. Um mm-hmm. The one thing I would say, and, and fair play to Newcastle, is they're not going to be they're not going to be bullied into paying more than they have to, and we've seen that with the the defender. Um, yeah, Diego, Diego. Um, I can't remember his surname. The one for Sevilla. Carlos. Yeah, Diego Carlos. Diego Carlos. Yeah. yeah. Um, they they were originally I think quoted thirty million, 
and yeah. then the price went up to like 38 and they, they've backed out of that deal and said no so they're, they're not going to be bullied whilst they'll throw money about they're not going to be bullied for it um so fair play to newcastle for that but at the same time they're bidding for everybody um and why not when you've got that sort of money why not bid mm-hmm. yeah the the issue could all for me would have been with them was if if we were serious about going for Grimerish, then Olius is is a nightmare to deal with at Leon. And you would think that he would be going right, well, I could get a bidding war going here between Newcastle and Arsenal. The fact that he's come out and it looks potentially this deal's been or this bid's been accepted. For me, you know, if Eddie's not going and slapping the same match in that bid, slapping the money on the table, and given the fact that we have the relationship with Keisha Option, who is, you know, Bruno Grimerich's agent, we should be able to get this deal done. You know, surely we are a more attractive proposition than Newcastle. Mm, what what least can Newcastle yeah. offer over Arsenal? You know, I, I don't get it at all. I mean, there's potentially goes there and they get relegated at the end of the season. <laughs> you know, um, and what's that going to do for his career? So, I mean, surely if it's between us and them, he comes to us. Mm. But if Eddie doesn't go and slap a bit on the table, serious questions have to be asked, especially, you know, when it looks like we're getting our hand forced by Juventus to take Arthur on a, a, an 18-month loan when we initially only wanted a, a six-month loan and they want the 18 months with an ob- or a, not an obligation, but a, an option. An option to buy, yeah. You know, a, and we're getting our hand forced to take that when we could just go and pay the money and get Grimerish. It, it doesn't mm. make sense. So, yeah, serious questions would have to be asked of Eddie. And it sounds harsh saying that because I know we all kind of, in the summer, I mean, we talked about it often enough in the rumour mill and, and Chris with Wessels when we were talking about that, you know, about what was Eddie doing? You know, he busy going off on holidays and stuff. And we all sort of went, oh, I don't want any of these signings that we're being linked with. And, you know, how many times do we sit there and go, oh, I don't want this player. I, don't. I mean, like Aaron Ramsdale. We all said, nope, don't want him. He's not good enough. And we've all been eating humble pie. And it was kind of the same for Eddie. We all said, no, he's not doing a good enough job. And we all kind of then went afterwards. Oh, well, actually, yeah, he did do a pretty good job. We're we're kind of eating Mm. the humble pie on it again. And we've gone full circle to we're back to, you know, what's he doing? What's going on? Why are we six days from the end of the window? Six days. Still Um, time. We've got slightly more days than we have midfielders in our squad. <laughs> yeah. but it, you know, it's coming close to matching up. Um, yeah. Something needs to be done. And I genuinely, I don't think I could forgive Eddie if Grimerich goes to um, Newcastle and we end up with Arthur Mello. Mm. Yeah, no problem. Thank you for that. Chris, I'll come to you. Obviously, um, you've heard what Steve has had to say about, about Grimerich. Um just, yeah, kind of your reaction, obviously, with regards to the Newcastle bid. Um, Rumours, unconfirmed that it's been accepted. Um, you know, how do you rate the player? And, you know, if not Bruno Gamerez, um, who, in terms of, you know, should Arsenal be targeting this window for our, for our midfield shortcomings? Well, big fan of Bruno um, and uh, Arsenal are as well, which if this was to progress any further with, with Newcastle, then it, it makes it even more conflicting and confusing because um, Bruno is a player that Arsenal have followed for a very long time prior to, to Leon um, when he was back in, in, in Brazil. 
Um, and he's a player that Edu's very familiar with as well. Um, and they didn't know his representatives quite well after dealing with him before. And he's a player that they've tracked very closely and monitored um, since he did have that that big move from Brazil to, to Leon. And ever since he's he's moved to Leon, he's been a big success, especially, you know, this season he's carried on um, growing and developing as a player, looking very good each week, putting in some very good performances, quite clearly talented. And he's he's quite clearly someone that is just going to continue getting better and better. Um, as soon as... As soon as his, his name popped up on social media tonight, um, I, I thought, oh, here we go. I, I hadn't actually read the whole thing, but um, I thought this isn't going to be anything to do with us. Juventus are probably going to, you know, yeah. make us suffer even more and get get Vlahovic <laughs> and, and Bruno. But uh, yeah, obviously it turns out that, that Newcastle have made an offer for him. I think <laughs> we were all sort of, waiting for them to to um really put a big big offer on the table for someone obviously since their takeover obviously they've already got Kieran Trippier through the door which is a good addition for them but you, you just felt that their business wasn't done there I know obviously they got Chris Wood which I was actually quite surprised by but um you thought hang on a minute with the money they've now got injected into them they're going to be more ambitious they're going to go for some big names and um Bruno, I think, is their their first big name that they've really obviously gone gone for. Um, aside from Trippier and Diego Carlos, um, Bruno Gamarish is the one that that will create the most excitement so far for them. And obviously, he's a player that excites a lot of Arsenal fans. Um, uh, you know, the 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 upset and the meltdown that then followed on on Twitter after that news broke, I think, says it all. Um, yeah, you think. Um, you'd think we'd just been relegated or something. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but, um, but no, it was all because Newcastle made a bid, but you know, I can understand, I can understand the frustration and the disappointment with that, but just because they've made a bid doesn't mean, you know, they're getting him. Mm-hmm. I, um, I was speaking to, to the work group chat after that news broke and I was like, well, okay, that's all fair. Well, Newcastle tabling an offer for him and, you know, credit where credit's due, a pretty you know, fair play, ambitious move. But uh, now the player's got to accept it. And if Bruno accepts this, uh, I'll be shocked because, I mean, Stephen said it a moment ago, you know, he's potentially joining a club that may not even be a Premier League club next season. They could be Mm -hmm. championship. They're very much not out of the waters yet, down at the bottom of the table. And I think despite, you know, they could get Bruno, they've got Chris Wood, they've got Kieran Trippier, they've bolstered the, the, the team in different areas. But they still need a lot more than yeah. them three to to have a chance of, of of staying up or to even have a chance of as, as growing as a football club and pushing on to the uh, you know to bigger and better things. I mean, I've just come up. David Ornstein's just tweeted that um, Lingard's proposed to move to Newcastle is on the verge of collapse. So I mean, that mm. one um, seemingly not going through for them. Uh, you know, I think if. If say uh, Newcastle were to just finish the window with someone like Bruno, they uh, I don't feel that confident for them. If if I'm being honest, I think they need mm. a lot more than that, and Bruno would be putting himself in a very risky position. Um, the reports have quite clearly stated, and I, I mean it's no surprise because of Newcastle's situation now and it moving to England, the Premier League, that he will be 
getting significantly better pay at, at Newcastle, and yeah. the way package the, the wage package will be will be uh, better. Um, so I can I can see obviously why that would entice him. But uh, if he's got any ambition, you know, and if he wants to play Champions League football, if he wants to be part of, you know, a football club that is in a, a more healthier position, should I say, in the in the league table and their their long term Premier League status is secure, then I, I just can't see why he would he would join Newcastle. And that's no disrespect to Newcastle. You know, I'm really glad now they're finally in a, a position where they've got rid of someone who quite clearly wasn't bothered about the football club. And now they've got very ambitious owners in with a lot of money. Of course, that's great. And I'm sure we'll see evidence of their financial power, you know, not just obviously this window, but in the coming windows and they'll, they'll keep pushing to, to, to strengthen and, and progress as a football club. Um, but uh, that is just how I, I see them at the moment. You know, I still think they've struggled since City Hall's come through the door and um, with the business they've done so far, uh, I just don't think it's it's still going to be enough to really um, give them a good chance of staying up. I think they'll still find it find it difficult. Of course, I mean, like any time, any team who who strengthens in this window, it bolsters their chances of, of, of finishing the season strongly. But I just think Newcastle, one of those teams that's still struggling a little bit, and it's going to take a lot more than Bruno Gomerej to turn their to, to turn their luck around. You know, I can see that actually being a move come the end of the season where Bruno is like, well, have I actually made the right choice here? Mm-hmm. If he was to to make that switch, so I'd um I'd be very very surprised if it went through personally, um, because I just think that the player can do so much more. You know, with all due respect, do so much more better. So. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm not getting too carried away. Yeah, I mean, look, I, honestly, and this is just my personal thought and uh, and view on it. I wouldn't be surprised if we all woke up tomorrow and we read that Arsenal have responded with a bid. I, I wouldn't be surprised yeah. because I think um, we're getting to that stage of the window now where they know they need to be quick. They know they need to move. They know they need a solution and a top. I mean, Arteta said it himself. They want players to come in who will make a difference to this team, who will improve the team. And Bruno Gomeresh is one of those players. And if Newcastle have made an offer, they've made that offer because quite clearly they've received indication from Leon and his reps that a move is possible. So, um, yeah, true. you know, that, that should encourage Arsenal to make a move as well. I think it would be very underwhelming if, and Stephen hit the nail on the head a moment ago, be very underwhelming if, Arsenal do not make a move for for, for Gimareas, yet they proceed with their pursuit of, of Artur. It, 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 that that would anger a lot of Arsenal fans, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think just just to to end the, that that question from you, G, you, you said you know if not Bruno, if not Artur, who else? Yeah. The only way this would make sense, okay, if we weren't to, to make a move for Bruno, is because we've already lined up Tielemans. And he's going to come to London Colney on deadline day to sign his contract as an Arsenal player. You know, that is a sort of move that would make more sense because he's a top quality player. He's Premier League proven. It'll be a big move like that, which, you know, you know, makes me feel more at ease of us potentially losing out on Gumarais, for example. But anything's possible. It doesn't seem as if um, anything's set in stone yet. Things can, can happen, change a lot. Um, in, in the, the sort of final stages of the window. So we'll um, we'll have to wait and see how it, how it goes and how it develops over the next few days. I'm sure there'll be more updates on Bruno tomorrow. 
Yeah, it's really hard, you know, it is. You know, I, I went into this window and I thought to myself, you know what, we're in, we're in a good place. Obviously, last couple of games, it's been a bit of a bad run. Um, but, you know, I was very much, got. I very much went into this window thinking, as you said, you know, kind of invested and reinvested a bit more trust into Edu and Arteta, particularly after um, the summer with regards to the signings that were made. And um, to be honest, I would say if, most of them, if not all of them, I, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't generally a fan of. Um, you know, I much preferred the idea of bringing Madison in over over Odegaard, Tavares I hadn't heard of, Tomiyasu I'd never seen play. You know, Ramsdale wasn't a big fan. Sambi again until the, until the rumors broke, I didn't know who he was. So I, I I did go into the season feeling somewhat underwhelmed, and those players have massively, you know, contributed to proving me wrong. So. I kind of went into the window in that mind frame that I'm just going to see how it goes and I'm going to put my trust in both Arteta and Edu. But I don't know, you know, as the days tick by, <laughs> I think I think the Vlahovic deal falling through was, was was a massive dent, even though I think most Arsenal fans didn't realistically think he probably was going to join. But it was still hard to watch. Um, obviously, the rumours break that he's going to sign for Juventus. I think the Bruno thing, again, it's, it's caused somewhat of a... Um, a meltdown or an overreaction um, on Twitter, but I get it because we're all, we're all passionate Arsenal fans. We want to be signing players, but with you know, actually, you know, obviously tomorrow being five days until the transfer window closes, um, is are there any rumours or anything cooking in the background that you know you could potentially give us a little insight on to give us some hope? <laughs> well, uh, it's not from anything that I've heard personally, but yeah. I know um, our, our, one of my colleagues at Football London, Chris Wheatley, who both of you and who the viewers will yes. know very well, um, a great, great person, great, great journalist covering Arsenal at Football London. He he was speaking on a YouTube sh- channel the other day, um, and uh, I think it was Babs fourteen. You may have you may have heard it or may have seen it at the time, but Chris was was speaking on there and. He reported that personal terms have been agreed with, and I know Arsenal. I know what the reaction is going to be to this. Uh, who cares about a goalkeeper? That's not what we need. But yeah. personal terms have been agreed with with Matt Turner, mm-hmm. um, who's a, a goalkeeper for, for the MLS side, New England Revolution. Um, that could be an indicator that, of course, things are happening in the background with Burnt Leno, and, and talks are ongoing regarding his future. Because I don't, I can't see us getting. A goalkeeper, a goalkeeper through the door this window. If um, if Burton Leno's staying, I think if we get a new goalkeeper, then that's Leno out the door, in my opinion. Um, you know we're not letting Leno go to Newcastle now. Well, yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Well, <laughs> you can have you can have him Newcastle. You can have him Eddie, Eddie as long as you give us Bruno. Um, but uh, but look, I think um, we saw it. Last January, actually, was it last January? I lose track of time now when we actually got Matty Ryan through the door. Um, it seems like ages ago now. I think it was last um, January. Yeah, it seems seems ages ago. But um, that came out of nowhere, didn't it? That literally, Arsenal just announced it. And <laughs> boom, there he is in an Arsenal shirt. I, it wouldn't surprise me if Arsenal are looking to try and keep things under wraps um, as much as they possibly can do going into into the final days of the window. Um Look, I think, you know, they'll, they'll be they'll be working as hard as they, they possibly can be in the background. We don't obviously all know that the details behind the scenes, there'll be a lot more going on what we actually know. I think yeah, that's yeah. what I always think, think uh, and, and 
and uh, feel quite strongly on um, in every transfer window. And, you know, I, I, it's like I said earlier, it's, it's impossible to predict what what will happen over the next five days, G. Um, I think... I think we'll get a centre mid at least, and I think we'll push really hard to get a striker. I, I think okay. because it's it's been something that's been rumbling on all month. We've obviously tried very hard for Dusan, hasn't worked out. I think they'll look at alternative options, whether or not we can get that done. It's a yeah. completely different matter, and it, of course, leaving it so late in the winter because you got you got to remember. If we're going for a big name like your Isaacs, like your your Jonathan Davids or or Dominic Calvert Lewins, for example, okay, yeah, we could table a really really strong offer, but then the club that they're at, they're going to want a replacement. They're going to want yeah. you know um, lots of different. There's going to be lots of different factors that that sort of turn into it. You know what I mean? So. Um, I think it's going to be a very complicated, a very long five days. But I think Arsenal are, and I think Arsenal will continue trying their utmost to get something over the line. I think Arteta said it last week or the week before that Edu and his team are working very hard. Um, but as we know, and this is not me finding excuses for the club, because mm. I just like like you two, like everyone else watching, like the Arsenal fan base as a whole at the moment, I'm annoyed that what we've got to the 25th of January and we haven't been able to bring through anyone through the door. And that is in addition to letting someone like Ainsley Mate and Niles go out on loan. Mm-hmm. I think it's a big, big risk. And with how results have gone since, um, you can't sit here and say that it was the right decision. You know, yeah. I think, um, was it against was it against Watford Ainsley Mate and Niles played as a central midfielder and he got man the match? He was fantastic. Yeah. yeah. And every, over the last honest, few every weeks. Time he, every time he's put on the shirt and come on as, as a sub yeah. this season, for me, he's he's put in a decent show. He, he's he's someone who gives 110% G, you know. I think quite a lot of people forget that. Okay, he, he may not have been happy, he wants to play more football. I mean, he's young, he's relatively young still, he's still got a lot of years left in him. He wants to be playing yeah. football, he wants to be growing and developing as a as a player. Of course he does. So I can understand his frustration. But um, you know, when you look at his performances when he has come on or featured for Arsenal, and most notably that man of the match performance against Watford a few months ago. Compared to now, and this is again no disrespect to, to Sambi. Okay, he's a young player. He's got a lot of development and a lot of learning to go through. And we knew that when he came through the door. Everyone who watched him and knows him well, whether it's Thierry Henry, Vincent Company, Mikel Arteta, they all said, "Yeah, he's got bags of potential. He's quite clearly talented, but he will need time." And I remember saying back in the summer when we got Sambi through the door, I thought, "Oh yeah, but surely he's not going to be the only one that comes through the door." I mean, yeah. surely we're going to go out and get someone more experienced, someone who's got a bit more quality, someone who's a bit more ready. Of course, we we done the um, really exciting thing of giving Granite Xhaka a new contract, which I was absolutely delighted about. Um, tongue in cheek, and uh, <laughs> and uh, I mean, look, can you say it's really paid off so far? Not in my opinion. I think Agreed. okay, had that he had that bad injury against Tottenham, and since he came back, I thought he's done okay. Enough of this Xhaka hype, please. We can absolutely get an upgrade on Granite Xhaka. Okay. Can he play an important part for Arsenal? Yes. Can he be a very important squad player? Yes. Can he do a good job when he comes into the team every now and then? Yes. But the constant 
suspensions, the the silly mistakes that he makes. I've had enough of it. <laughs> I've had an, I've had enough of it, and I think it's got to the point now. Well, I mean, he's one of the longest lasting members of this Arsenal yeah, team is. now. Uh, Arsenal, yeah. you know. Um, and I think I remember saying in the summer, and I said exactly the same thing about Hector Bellerin. I'll thank him for the service at Arsenal Football Club. Mm. Wish him all the best. But now was the time. Well, then was the time to just accept that change was needed, bring someone new in through the door, someone fresh um, who would add something different in the centre of midfield. And um, of course, we ended up giving him a new contract because he's really important to the team, apparently, when he's actually on the pitch. So, um, uh, I mean, I read earlier, actually, that Roma are hoping to maybe get him get yeah, him on loan or something this yeah. month. Um but that I mean that wouldn't make sense considering the current sort of midfield crisis we're having at the moment. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's enough about Xhaka. I don't know how I ended up on, on speaking so passionately <laughs> on him. Um, but um, yeah, we we uh, we need um, we need to be ambitious. Gee, yeah. you know, and I know it's such a difficult one because there's only such little time remaining in the window yeah. now, and it's going to be difficult. I think we need to. We need to brace ourselves to maybe be disappointed. I think that's the best thing mm-hmm. to do rather than getting your hopes up and thinking we're going to get Isaac in coming for Bruno or whatnot. But um, we, we need to just approach the last few days with caution. Sit tight. I know it's not easy. And it's just, hard. Just see, it is hard. Just see it's what hard. happens. My, my screen time, I think my screen time over the next couple of days, over the last couple of days, has just been horrendous. I've literally yeah. just on on my phone, just just refreshing the timeline continuously. So yeah, um, no, thank you for that. It's really, really interesting, really, really interesting for me, Chris. The last thing um, that I, I'm going to come to Stephen first on this before I come to you um, on this, Chris, um, and then I know your your time is precious, so we will let you go. But obviously, um, we've spoken a lot about strikers, um, and you know, as Chris has kind of mentioned, you know, there is no guarantee that one. We're going to get the striker we need in between now and the 31st. Or two, even if we get that striker, that, you know, they're going to hit the ground running and actually, you know, confirm or guarantee us, you know, top four spot. Now, having said that, I'm going to bring up this image. And most Arsenal fans probably right now will grimace at this image um, for various reasons. I um, just want to obviously credit um, at Team Talk on Twitter um, with regards to this image, which, which I nicked, which I thought was fantastic. So on the image here, um, for those listening, uh, we've got obviously Abamyang and, and the um, one and only Adebayo. Um, he decided to chip in with, with his opinion and with regards to this situation. Um, and he basically said, since the first problem that happened at Arsenal, I know he's definitely going to be through a lot um, because that's Arsenal for you. You can do whatever you do. They never learn or they never know how to forgive. But at Arsenal, a way back, I would be surprised. Now, I'll come to you first, Stephen, on this, because I know you definitely, like all Arsenal fans, got an opinion. And I've got to say, before I come to you guys, this really, really annoyed me. You know, I, I, I don't often react to things, but I literally just... Re- every time it was posted by whichever platform it was posted... I just replied, clown emoji, clown emoji, clown emoji, literally, because I felt like, you know what, if I if I actually write what I feel, I'm probably going to get banned from Twitter. So I just wrote a clown emoji. But yeah, coming to you, Stephen, on this, first of all, before I don't, you might not even want to comment on Adebayo's comments, but just the whole, feel free if you do, 
But just the whole situation with Aubameyang. Right now, we have Lacquer in the team. We have Eddie in the team. Um, it's kind of unclear what we're going to be doing with Aubameyang. There's lots of rumours about Saudi Arabia. He doesn't fancy a move. There's rumours about other European teams like AC Milan being potentially interested in him. But what do we do with Aubameyang if we don't actually get this striker? Is there an argument that he could potentially be reintegrated into the team um, and help, you know, potentially push us uh, for this top four spot? All right. So the first thing is obviously um, I'm just reading some of these comments. Um, I just want to touch a couple of them quickly. Um, Gary, I'm not sure Chris w was aware of my my 34 movement. Um, <laughs> the, I don't refer to him by his name, and we only call him 34. But I understand anybody can call him what they want. Um, Apologies for that, Stephen. If I've uh, <laughs> if I've um, you know uh, made you a little bit angry there, I mean I, I, I'm exactly the same with Granite. Sometimes so, no, I said his name again. For the 34, 34. <laughs> Sorry, I want to see you tomorrow on your own show. Mention him, but call him 34. You're not allowed to use his name. <laughs> That's your challenge. We'll see. Um, I'll see if his name crops up. Yeah, if it does, just call him 34 and credit me for starting a movement. Um, and Keith, you, you can you can swear if you want. We just won't read it out, but you can swear. Um, right on Adebayor, I'm going to be honest. That is actually the first time I've seen the quote. Oh, um, I, I've just ignored it because I, I couldn't care less what that man has to say. Um, yeah, I, I really couldn't. I, you know, no interest in anything he has to say. In terms of Aubameyang, um, it's difficult. It, it's it's a really difficult question because. We don't know the full extent of what's going on behind the scenes. I, I, you know, I don't believe he's been stripped of the captaincy for for simply not, you know, turning up on time. Something else has happened. There, there's more to this. He's, you know, been banished from first team training for for a simple case of a couple of times turning up late. There, there's definitely more to it. Definitely. Um, so it depends what it is. It depends whether Arteta and him can patch up their differences for the good of the club. I said it the other day when you were on the Armoury um, and you were talking about Aubameyang and I said, you know, in terms of his heart problems that were being reported, for me, the biggest heart problem was his heart wasn't at Arsenal anymore. Um, and that, I think, is, is more the case. You know, it's, does he even want to play for the club? Is his heart there? Does, does he want to? So, you know, it's all well and good saying, do we integrate him back in? Does he want to be integrated back in? Does he want to make the effort? Mm. He, he doesn't, you know, since he signed that new contract, it doesn't look like he really wants to be there. Um, so it, it's a tricky one. Um, don't get me wrong, I'd love to see Aubameyang back on the pitch scoring goals. But he hasn't done it in a year and a half, so why is he all of a sudden going to start doing it now? Mm. You know, why, why bring him back in just to be a body who, who's not scoring goals, who's not contributing? And we, and we said, we've all said for so long that if he's not scoring goals, he doesn't do anything on the team. And you've seen it. Um, this is one of the things that actually winding me up today was all these people clamoring for him to be stripped of the captaincy and taken out of the team when mm. he was playing poorly. Then it was the right decision because we went on a run where we scored loads of goals without him in the team and without him in the squad. Now, all of a sudden, we've had a few bad games and especially, again, people who are very much Arteta out 
are now saying, oh, well, you know, this is our telling Miss Manager Bamiang, bring him back in, bring him back in. You know, we, you know, we, this is another one. He's, you know, he's, he's banishing him to the, to the sidelines and stuff. I was like, well, hold on. He didn't want them because he wasn't scoring goals. I didn't want them in the team because he wasn't scoring goals. Mm-hmm. But I'm not turning around now and saying put him back in the team. Um, he would have to want to be back in the team. And he would have to accept that right now, Lacazette is the, the starter ahead of him. Mm-hmm. So we would have to get used to the position of not being captain and being an impact sub. And whether someone with the Bamiyang's ego is going to be able to accept that or not, I, I don't know. Mm. Chris, any thoughts on obviously the, the well? You don't have to comment on the, the Adebayo comments, but yeah, any any thoughts on obviously the Adebayo comments, um, and also just a Bamiyang situation at Arsenal. Well, I mean, when we we look at Arsenal, what it stands for, um, Adebayo is irrelevant. So um, I, I couldn't care less what he's had to say, um, what he he done as a player. Um, and is is off off the pitch antics. I mean, sum him up for me. Um, has no class whatsoever. Arsenal Football Club does. So, um, you know, uh, he's just he's just trying to stay relevant, I guess. Um, poor lad. But hey ho, um, Aubameyang. I I've been reading that he's not going to go. With the squad abroad for this this warm yeah. winter, yeah, training camp. Now, initially, when he was left out of the um the, the squad, um way back when, whenever it was, was it for the Southampton game, uh, to begin with, I think it was at the Emirates. Um, he was first left out. Um, or was around that that time, wasn't it? You know, it was obviously revealed that he'd been stripped of the captain's armband. Um. For, for disciplinary re- reasons was the reason. Um, I think I'm very much in agreement with, with what Stephen said. It, it's not just going to be down to, you know, him being late to a training session or arriving late to a game or for whatever reasons. There's going to be lots of different factors why he's lost that cap- captain's, captaincy armband. And it would have been something that's happened multiple times, I think. You know, it happens once, you get a warning, happens twice, you know, you're on the edge, you're playing playing yeah. a dangerous game. And then third time, obviously, uh, that's when the club must take action. And he's been left out of the team before, hasn't he? But he's not been excluded from training and yeah. or training with the, the, the rest of the squad like this before. And obviously, it's the first time he's... It's the first and only time he'll lose the Arsenal captaincy. Um Obviously, you think maybe after one or two games of this first developing, uh, you know, it'll begin to to sort of calm down a little bit. It'll be back training with the team. It'll be back in in the squad in no time. But obviously, that hasn't happened. He's missed several match days now. Um, it appears currently, from what reports have, have stated, that he won't be um, going abroad with the the rest of the squad as well. He'll be staying in the UK. Yeah, that's big. I, I struggle to see a way back for him. I really mm-hmm. do. Because if, if all of a sudden we return from abroad in two weeks' time and we're back playing Premier League football and all of a sudden Aubameyang's back in the frame as well, I'll be sitting here thinking, well, hang on a minute, wait. You, you know, how, how come he's all of a sudden he's just come back in out of nowhere? He hasn't been abroad. You know, 
I, I, I would find that very strange. It would mm. be a, well, it would be very strange after several weeks of him being excluded from the side and the in the squad training. I, I think um, I think if they receive a a suitable offer, which the the player likes and the club likes before the window shuts on the thirty first, and I think they'll seriously consider it, whether that's permanent or alone. Um, and I, I think, obviously, the fact that Arsenal have been pursuing strikers very heavily as well indicates that they're open to moving on mm. from a Bamiang as well. Yeah. And I think, you know, as much as I love Uber, I appreciate what he's done at this football club. He's been, a, aside from his little hiccups now and then, as we've, we've learned about, he's been a he's been a top-class player. And um, he's always... As I was going to say, he's always given 100%. I think more times than not, he's always given 110%. But certainly over the last year in particular, his performances have dipped. He's struggled more and more to be involved in the in the games as well. He's not really contributed as much. Put it this way, he hasn't been the Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang that all of us football fans at Arsenal and all the football fans around the yeah. world have been so accustomed to for, for, for many, many years now. You know, Whereas that was at Saint-Étienne, or obviously Borussia Dortmund in particular, in his earlier stages at Arsenal, he was that player. But over the last mm. year or so, he's he's no been nowhere near the level. And his performances have dipped massively. I think we've obviously given him this new contract. He's won one of, if not the highest earners at the club. But he's thirty-two years old. He's approaching yeah. thirty-three. Yeah, I, I can't I, I can't imagine Aubameyang returning back to those high very high levels that he's been at previously. Um, you know, as I mentioned ago, whether that was at his, in his Dortmund days or his earlier Arsenal days, I just can't see it. I really can't. And with the, with the way this football club is, or the direction this football club is heading in now, in terms of the new transfer strategy, the, the development of young players, putting a more trust in young players as well. I think, I think whether it's this month or come the summer, we're going to bring a new striker in who's in his early to mid-20s and he's going to take over and he's going to lead Arsenal's front line. I think that's the way it's going to go. Um, and if you were to give me the choice of who to keep out of Lacazette and Aubameyang, I'd quite easily say Lacazette. Um, so it's a shame with how it's developed. But, it, is. Um, it is, it really is. But it's one of those things, it is what it is, it's happened. Arteta's stance seems very, very clear on it. And we know that Arteta's no nonsense when it comes to this side of things. When a player's not, you know, giving it his all, when he's not fully focused, when his discipline isn't where it needs to be, you know, and his attitude's perhaps not been great. Uh, you know, that's you're not gonna you're not gonna go far under the management of Mikel Arteta. And I think that's that's happened with, with Aubameyang now. I got off to a great start, their relationship. But all of a sudden, the the cracks started to appear, and Arteta simply turned around and or appear has appeared to turn around and, and say, "Look, enough is enough. I'm I'm not sort of wanting this to creep into the team anymore. I don't want this to have a negative impact on the squad." And he's he's omitted him from the team uh, and and from from first team training. So big statement, obviously um, big development, and I think if the reports are, are true and he's not going to be travelling abroad with the rest of the team in, in the coming days, then uh, I, I'm not confident that he's got a future at Arsenal. Uh, a lot of the players have, have already, um, well, I know some that have already travelled over. 
um, abroad. So um, uh, I think Bernd Leno is already over there. Uh, he's 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 travelled with the team, um, but obviously there's there's no indication that Bamiyang has at the moment. So yeah, um, I'm not I'm not confident that he's got a, a future at Arsenal now moving forward. I'd be amazed to put it that way if he was to mm-hmm. able to able to sort of rekindle the relationship with Arteta and they were to all of a sudden be on the same page again and and all is forgiven just like that after yeah. after what's happened. I'd, I'd be surprised. Cheers. No, definitely. Um, it's just it's one of those things where I just think, you know, it's like Stephen said, you know, the, the, the fan base tends to kind of, you know, flip in between opinions. It's like, obviously, you know, he was admitted from the team. Things were going well. Um, you know, in December, we scored a hat full of goals and all of a sudden results have not gone our way. We've not signed Vlahovic and all of a sudden, you know, sections of the fan base are calling for him to potentially be reintegrated. But as you said, you know, when you look at all the signs and you read between the lines, it's, it's just not looking um, like that. That's going to be a possibility. But yeah, um, that pretty much kind of rounds up tonight's show. Um, just want to um, massively uh, thank you, Chris, for, for for coming on and appearing. It's been a while, but it's always an absolute pleasure to have you. Um, always a pleasure to hear your opinions and your perspectives um, on all things Arsenal. Um, so before we kind of obviously uh, run through the socials and let the guys know when we're going to be back, um, just let the guys know um, in the chat, you know, obviously where they can find you, follow you and, and get you know hold of any kind of content that you're putting out there. Yeah, well, thank you, guys. I really appreciate you inviting me on tonight. Um, as I said, it's, it's nice because it has been a while since we last spoke on here. Um, so it, it's, it's really good to be back on here and, and catch up with you both. Um, so, yeah, appreciate it. It's been enjoyable. Um, people can follow me on Twitter at C, um, C. Davison underscore AFC. Um, and uh, I, I would encourage all the Arsenal fans to go on to the football.london's website, search up the Arsenal way. Um, I, I am a content editor for that department and we're, we're, we've got lots of exciting and interesting transfer-related content going out at the moment as well surrounding Dusan Vlajevic, Alexander Isaac, Artur, you name it. Um, every player that we're being linked with, we're doing some really interesting pieces on. Um, hopefully, you know, it, it gives Arsenal fans a different perspective uh, on, on different potential transfers that can happen um, and of of course, gives them lots of plenty uh, of insight and detail on players that we're being linked with as well. Um, and of course, apart from transfers, we we are also providing lots of detailed and interesting content surrounding all things Arsenal um, uh, that, that that's happening at the moment surrounding the football club. So the Arsenal way um, on on football London encourage everyone to to check that out. And um, yeah, hopefully, hopefully over the next few days we'll be. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll be providing lots of positive updates, of course, and lots of positive stories surrounding some exciting transfer targets for Arsenal. Fingers crossed if, if Edu and Mikel Arteta are awake and ready to, to make yeah. moves. Cheers. No, thank you. Thank you for that. Let's all, let's all you know, keep our fingers crossed. Um, quickly, we're going to run through the socials um, and then we're going to go through um, any kind of last-minute questions and comments before we wrap up tonight's show. Um, Stephen, can you do this for me, please? Yeah, no worries. Um, first, I just want to take a wee moment um, and just thank Chris as well, um, just to, to back up what, what G says. It's great having you back on. It's been too long. Um, I kind of, as I say, I've left you alone because I've given you time to get settled into your new job and stuff, but now we've had you back on. Let's not leave it so long again. Um, let's get you back on again soon. And 
always enjoy our chats um, and, and hearing your insight and, and your thoughts as well as not only a journalist, but it's, it's nice having you on as a journalist, but also as an Arsenal fan. Um, so yeah. we, we sort of get the, the double take with it, which is brilliant. So thank you again for, for giving us your time tonight. Um, yeah, so if you want to follow us, um, we're on Facebook. It's Canon Chatter on Instagram. It's Canon underscore Chatter on TikTok at Canon underscore Chatter. Um, most of you will obviously know us from Twitter, um, where we are approaching the 10K mark, um, which is pretty good for, for just over a year old. Um, so um, keep spreading the word, um, which is at Canon Chatter. If you want to follow me, I have my own personal account, which is at SB Canon Chatter, and G has at G Talks Arsenal. And Lottie, who's not with us tonight, is at Lottie underscore B, two T's and two I's, because somebody beat her to it. Um, if you do want to purchase any Canon Chatter t-shirts or hoodies, give me an email uh, at infocanonchatter.com or drop me a DM at SB Canon Chatter um, on Twitter. And most importantly, um, if you're not already subscribing, make sure you do. Um, hit that subscribe button, turn on the notifications, and hit the like button. It all helps to get our content out there to more people and grow the Canon Chatter family. Cheers. Thank you so much, Stephen. I'm just going to run through some last comments before we wrap everything up. Um, we've got um, Lee here saying, going to be an interesting last couple of days of the window. Take care all. Um, Joseph, you reckon we will win Wolves away next game? Um, there's no telling, really, with 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 with, with our um, level of consistency. I think it will just obviously we'll be on the air doing a, a preview to that game. But yeah, I think it's going to be a tough game, a lot lot more of a tougher game than it was probably at the beginning of the season because they're putting some form together. But we'll definitely cover that um, over the next couple of shows. Um, Gary here, great show, G, Stephen, and Chris. Thank you, Gary. Um, good night, chat room. Really, Sakar, Stephen, who's winning Old Firm next week? Do you want to answer that? I'm gonna go Rangers. Rangers. There we go. You've heard it from you heard it here first. Stephen's going for Rangers. Uh, and Keith here, great show, guys. Come on, you gunners. Good night. And that, yeah, that pretty much kind of wraps up everything. Um, any last words, Stephen, before we go? Um, just that. Um... In terms of upcoming shows, I'm not 100% yes. sure what we have planned. Um, I know I'm on with the Mr. Arsenal podcast on Thursday night doing their quiz. I think it's half nine. I Then you and I are both back on Friday night on Albert JTV um, doing his life stories. Um, and then we will definitely be back one way or another next Monday yeah. um, with a bit of transfer deadline. Um, I'm not sure just how many shows or what time the shows will be at the minute, but we will let you know on Twitter. Um, and then obviously at some point next week, we will we'll then do a, a preview for the Wolves game the following mm -hmm. weekend. And yep. Lottie, I'm not 100% sure. I know she had been talking about doing some some of the Arsenal ladies content as well. So plenty of stuff coming up, but we'll, we will keep you posted on our whereabouts on Twitter. Yeah, no, definitely. Just to confirm that, like Stephen said, we'll be appearing on a couple other channels Thursday and Friday. We will definitely be back on Monday for Transfer Deadline Day, but we just don't know to what extent how many shows we're going to have. But we'll definitely, even if it's the one show, it will be Monday evening where we come on the air, but we'll keep you posted. Um, Chris, I'm going to literally give you um, the last word um, to end tonight's show. Take it away. No pressure. Uh, <laughs> no, thank you, G. Thank you, Stephen. Pleasure as always. Um, and uh, yeah, take care, everyone, and um, catch you all soon.